Mad Beef is kept going and growing by generous support from Skater HQ. Bill and the team have been heavily involved in the inline skating community since 1991 and continue to support competitions, skaters, and now a podcast. You can visit Skater HQ at one of their Sydney shops or shop online at skaterhq.com.au. Also, big thanks to our Patreon supporters. It really means a lot. If you want to become a patron of the podcast, find us on Patreon and pledge a monthly contribution. Even just $2 a month would be a huge encouragement. Hey, this is Matt Beast, the Australian Rollerblading Podcast. I'm Mikey Lynch, and in this episode, I chat again with Chris Puller, talking about another one of his uh, blast from the past um, classic photos. This is a good one, this one, and we actually uncover yet another photo uh, from the same spot, which is good. Uh, we uh, talk again about his forthcoming podcast, a vodcast called The Coping Box, which is I'm really looking forward to. Um, and just another little thing in the in this podcast, I complain about some grinding rails being stolen from the, from the front of my house. It turns out the person did think they were left out just for hard waste kind of disposal. Um, and when someone told them that they'd seen kids using this stuff, credit to them, they did the right thing and the embarrassing thing and returned the stuff. Wow, how cool. Um, and uh, apparently the teenage skate, skater kid said, don't return it, mum. You're the worst mum ever. You're crushing my dreams. <laughs> um, one of the rails we didn't use much anyway, and we'd already ordered a new one, so we let them keep one of them as, uh, <laughs> as an expression of appreciation for their honesty as well as an investment in this young skater kid. Uh, I said he had to send me some progress uh, videos, though. <laughs> we'll see how it goes. Enjoy the episode. Yo, Chris Pilar, how you doing? I'm good, man. How are you? Doing all right, man. The sun is shining, which is which is nice. Yeah, it's shining here too. Ah, oh, thank you, Jesus. Uh, <laughs> um, I don't know if you right. saw, but I, I had a couple of my little home grind rails nicked the other day. Which so that that's I a, saw, man. That's a bit yeah. sad. Um, so I hope there's like uh, a, just a little so what's individual. This, what's the deal? Like, is there like a of heavy looting um, vibe in your neighbourhood or is there just like a lot of skating in your neighbourhood or did someone need to do a renovation and they decided you <laughs> had the things that they needed for their garage? It's hectic. Oh, man. I, like, no, it's, it's, I mean, I've, I've had the stuff for well over a, a year. Thank you, Matt, for giving it to me when he moved uh, to Queensland. Um, uh, and it's just been sitting like um, – like my house sort of sits back from the road and, you know, there's like kind of grass – in front of the fence, like yeah. a big chunk of grass, you know, maybe so three metres of grass before the footpath in the road, you know. And so all of that stuff was just sitting um, against the fence on the outside but kind of tucked real neatly there, you know. In no way was it kind of um, hard waste collection, just taking Yeah, but water. come on, mate. We're the sort of people – this is a community that likes to rip sign poles out of the ground to yeah, turn yeah, it into yeah, their yeah. – you know, you had one already made. Yeah. I know. I would have been like, yo – this guy didn't even lock him down. So, Mum, I don't know if you're familiar with Mr. Bert Hartman. Uh, sorry, uh, Brett Brett Hogan, in mm-hmm. fact, of um, no. the Blade Battle, one half of the organisation team that is the Blade Battle crew. The Berts, the Berettas, Brett, Bert Hartman, and Brett Hogan are up north, and Brett lives in a dead end street, and he's got a quarter pipe at the end of his driveway that he skates up to, hits that, and then hits his PVC. Um, coping boxes and it's unreal uh, he's got a he's got it's like not six foot it's probably five foot quarter wow and it's wide enough for him to get a grind on yeah. not just to do a stall or a little sliding because he was uh so I go nick that quarantine stuff, so he's built a proper what's his address pipe, but he's in a dead end street <laughs> yeah no kidding huh i've skated his driveway but now i need to go back and skate his driveway yeah 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 so, look, yeah, you're right. But, I mean, that exact point, hey, all that stuff, ripping signposts out of the ground, like if you're the council worker, Wait, you're like, guys, come our on. Our mate had, and uh, then if we had a PVC coping box and it was split in two, one half went in one person's car back to uh, their house. The other half was like, oh, yeah, well, I'll put it, I'll leave it in my house and then you can collect it soon. Never got around to collecting it and their house was a block of flats and it got pinched from the carport out the back of the block of flats. It lived there for a while but then it got pinched. So then they had to like, we had to build the other half again. Yeah. <laughs> so we did it. But, uh, so yeah, I mean, if it ain't locked down, don't trust skaters. Oh, man. Yeah, it's just, it's, it sucks. It just, I, and I guess I, I, you know, in some ways it would be fine if it's someone who's 
fully using it and shredding it. You know what I mean? Send me a postcard. You, you hope, you hope you. that they are going to get some tricks. But I'd hate to think that it's just nicked by some – like I guess I'm thinking not always – as you say, like there's a lot of serious skaters who also do some serious vandalism and theft. But For them to go often, out of their way, it would suggest that they really did want to skate it. Yeah, I don't know, man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I reckon also there's a whole other subset for which the same nihilism that goes, oh, there's some crap I can get for free. Also, then once you got it, you use it twice and then you kind of just sit there. Did you build it? No, no Matt, did you make Matt build it? it and go, yeah, yeah. Uh, Matt, uh, he bought it. Uh, he built it. He built, built it. it. Yeah, yeah, no. He built it? Well, he gets the cred then. He gets props that, man, my shit's so good, people want to steal it. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that was a bit. You that, think that's a piece of junk, man? I know people who will get a criminal record for this. <laughs> that's cool. <laughs> Shout out to Matt. Um, yeah. Uh, so Spinksy? No, no, no. Matt Falks, his name was. He oh, still is. He still is. He hasn't changed his name when he moved states. Um, but it does, I think those experiences do, what I was going to say was, it gives another flip side to the whole, and I guess as a, as a big street skater, I don't know how much you've wrestled with this back and forth, but there's a lot of using public property or private property that, like, getting some grind marks on it, I go, like, don't cap something just for that. Like, that that sucks the way that people do that. But you know, um, and there's we don't other stuff you actually trash, And right? we're not trying to entertain clients in the lobbies of these office buildings that are all scratched up. And we're not paying the greenskeepers to maintain the gardens that we're going to land in. And I can appreciate anyone yeah. that tells me to get the yeah, out and I will yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. I will do it without an argument. And I'll make probably it ask about, like, if I can you know, have one more try at it yeah. if I need to. But uh, Totally, yeah. totally. And I think I ask the question, like there is some stuff, I got a little bit of marking on stuff, whatever. But, like, I think, like, um, it's a different level of thing when you hack apart, like, marble stuff, for example. That's, yeah. That's... Like, if it's public, mm-hmm. I've got no qualms. And <laughs> if it's private, I'm like, all right, well, let's just lay low. And if we ask to leave, that's cool. But if it's if it's public, man, there's this new lead spot in Carlton. Yeah. And the entire action sports community down here is onto it. Players, bikers, <laughs> skaters, boarders, a lot, you know. And, um and it's it's sick. Yeah. It's rad. It's perfect lead spot. And if that just gets destroyed by all the skaters, then awesome. public service. Public. It's public land that we are going to utilize more public heavily health. than any public creativity playground in the town. Man, like <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna wreck it. And you can say that's really cool that they that it got used way more than we ever expected you know there's and rather than inventing the, the ledge cap and or the rail cap invent things that are resilient that can have dual use you know invent stuff well, like that's some what of that. they're doing now yeah. you know that's what we got like this isn't even a ledge spot with the angle line that some parts of the world are building like there's parts of downtown like they own it of, uh, own of melbourne use. at the docklands that's yeah. like oh look they've built ledges for us to skate that's pretty cool yeah. You're like, there's no reason these things would be angle-lined like that for any other thing other than to skate. You're like, all right, I'll take it. Let's skate it. What's a real and sad not perfect thing some of these great make rails that had no damage, like they're rails, they're fairly safe rails, they were not doing any harm to anyone. And then you come back to them and you see those big, like, square blocks welded around them at each of the, the down struts. Yeah. And you just go, like, whatever bureaucrat in whatever government did that just hates life. I don't know. Like I've what? heard of uh, – oh, well, you're man. in Tassie. There's a story of, like, some really cool uni spot down there that was part of the architectural landscaping design team was a rollerblader and oh, he – said, oh, yeah, build these like this uh-huh. and don't cap those ones and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. yeah, ask around. I can't remember the story, but it's it's legit. I saw the spots and I was like, whoa, what the heck? And they're like, yeah, a rollerblader kind of had something to do with this. Oh, that's so like, cute. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, unless people are going to really skate all the spots that are out there, it doesn't bum me out too much when things aren't skatable because I want to like – you know, there's perfect spots out there that still don't get sessioned as hard as they could be. So, so go and find people like, oh, but they capped this ledge. Make me go, go and skate, le- skate ledges all the time, and 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 then you can have a cry about it. I know everyone's happy to skate skate parks lately. There's still downtown spots that that don't get heavily sessioned that would have back in the '90s. So it's like the, the times have shifted. It's in the skate parks. It's in people's driveways now. But it'll go back to the skate parks really soon. Oh, yeah. Say that again, Chris. Say it slow. No, no, fuck it. I'm not saying it's so. You know what I'm saying? I'm saying we can go street skating as well. <laughs> we get to go street skating. You know, the Wednesday night city skate in Melbourne has been on hold and there's some renegades that have been 
yeah. doing their thing on a social media down low um, and doing it with masks or whatever. And it looks like there's about 10 of them on Wednesday, but there was possibly more that weren't in the photo, but still like off distance. And now they're talking in that um, Facebook group, Taking um, the Melbourne Freeride inlining quads group about like, okay, so next week we're going to have like a few different groups meeting up. Like we don't want to all congregate together. So I'm like, oh, for God's sakes, like it's bloody awkward. You, what, it's making – it's all being so careful in order to just skate with these other people. But we'll be back out there skating as a squad, you know, before the year's end. And then we'll, it'll be like that weird episode that – did it even happen? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> soon, soon, my friends, soon. Yeah, man. People are asking me. You know how many people ask me, like – I'm like, I don't know, man. Check the weather report if you want to know if there's clouds in the sky. I have no idea about what's going on with the state of the skate parks. Ask the government. Look at the websites. I'm as well. Re- I'm less red than you are. I'm happy to skate street. I'm not looking at the skate parks, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we talk, we're, we're going to do. It's been ages since we did the last one. Actually, verbally telling the stories of the kind of ten blade ten day blade challenge thing you posted back, yeah, like back whenever that was now, uh, December January. Um, before we do that, the first of these that we did, the audio really sucked and so we didn't get to kind of get the full volume okay, right you should just delete that whole episode inaudible oh man anyway, so people, many of the early man audio whatever um Sorry. uh we didn't get to give a good plug at proper volume for the coping box so do you want to talk about that again all right sweet all right so this is the public press release that you can actually hear <laughs> Pauli kreutzer Pauli kreutzer of the Bought a blade down street contest fame back in the day. Lives in Melbourne. Very good friend of mine. He frequents my house often and said, man, we should do like a podcast. At, we should do it here. We we can do something cool. That was the short version of the discussion. And the conclusion was, yes, yes, we could. Yes, we should. Yes, we will. So we're doing, a, we're going to do a thing, a podcast. Well, like a, a podcast channel, too, right? It's yeah. called... It's called the Coping Box. We've got homie Dave up north to do a rad little logo. We've got one of the – I'm going to say the great, my favorite skater of all time as the special guest, and that's not to say some dude that's a friend of mine. I'm saying I'm very honored to say that he's um, a friend of mine because he's my biggest hero. A lot of people's biggest heroes highly regarded by many as the GOAT, the greatest of all time in Australian rollerblading. And, and some people won't even know who he is. So maybe we'll just uh, let the ball start rolling with that and it'll play out as it is. But if this is building a hype, we've got a really cool thing happening and we've got a real cool special guest as the first guy. Yeah, man. And then we recorded a second episode and it was just as significant as the first. And the guest was also of a high caliber. And... When do we get to watch it? When do we get to watch it? I've seen little snippets that you've sent my way. I want to see the whole thing. If it was a listen, I'd just like press post. Yeah. But it's a watch. So I've taught myself how to edit on computer rather than on my phone. And I've traipsed through the YouTubes and the Vimeos of everything rollerblading related that I thought was relevant, which is a lot. And I mean, like, I went back to everything that I could find in the 90s, 80s, 90s. Um, and Deep a lot of people dive. know the story of the what happened to mid-2000 and beyond, last 15 years. It's a bit more in people's minds, but I felt, me and Paulie know that there's a lot of roots in rollerblading that aren't explored, and he's got opinions, and, and me and him have really cool discussions about stuff. We've both got opinions, <laughs> and um, so we get to sort of play a bit of good, bad copy in discussions about what we think of the state of affairs and the state of the art. Um, but... I guess, yeah, we're doing a thing. It's called The Coping Box. Stay tuned. It's going to be cool. And, and once I finish really uh, editing the first episode, then you'll, everyone's going to know about it. And Come that'll be soon. Way. And I said that last time, but you couldn't even hear it in the podcast. So let's pretend that that never happened in the last couple of months. It haven't even happened. <laughs> I can't wait, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, yeah, it's like the um, Aussie answer to Jump Street in terms of the, um, uh, the, mm. the, the kind of quality – and thing you're aiming for is like a yeah. Yeah, it's, well, we want it's like to what be those visual. guys are doing so. Everyone's well. familiar with Jump Street, and oh, a course. lot of people are familiar with the Nine Club, which is a skateboarding podcast that's filmed in some people's house, and it's done really cool because they're really good at that stuff. We're noobs, but we have the cool. We've got um, we've got microphones in a cool space, and a lot of knowledge of the history, and a lot of 
passion for the art. So, yeah, we want it to be good and we think some people will really like it. And we're told by a lot of people that they're really excited, so watch this space. And maybe that can be our tagline, watch this space. It's a cool space to watch. <laughs> yeah, it's so, awesome, yeah. man. I'm really looking forward to it. I, I have been looking forward mm. to it. You're killing me. When's it happening? When's it happening? I want to watch it. Yeah. I'm killing myself, mate. I'm telling you, I've been going through – I've got a, a little A5 notebook, yep. and I've got 14 pages of notes, like corner to corner of scribble on different – YouTube's and of time stamped like this trick, that quote, when this guy says to that, when that thing happened, that was funny. Not even so much the greatest tricks of all time. Now I'm talking like funny stuff and things that created our culture and influenced our community mm-hmm. and the differences between then and now. Um, there's a lot of roots to explore, a lot of history, a lot of characters, and a lot of um, eras, influential eras and pivotal. Pivotable times. Yeah, and so, look, this yeah, is the thing, dude. I'm glad you guys are doing it because um, I think, and this is part of what makes Jump Street work as well, is I think you've got to, for this kind of thing to work, it's not just getting good names on. The, the hosts are really important too, you know. Like you've got to, you've got to yeah. have talent hosting the thing or otherwise it's totally dependent on how interesting the guest is. And not every guest is as, you know, kind of interesting by themselves. But also if you're not only good talkers but also like you guys are like Man, there's geeks no on the one history. more qualified to talk about street skating, Billy O'Neill, on the East Coast yeah. of America. Then you know, like, but then you can ask the right question, and you can ask the question of the mind, and when it comes to the act yep. of a trick yep. and the mindset, you know, and not, not to mention that guy's experience. And then you got Austin, who's been right there as well. Possibly not such a superstar, but a skater's skater all the way. Ah. Experienced everything, heavily involved in so much. There's no one more qualified to do what they're doing. And then knowing and enough we're history, super blessed to, to have throw the happened. right kind of bowl. You know, you're, like you're actually asking the question that you know will unlock something. Do you know what I mean? That's what those guys well, do. And I'm and sure see, you guys will do that too. Yeah. It's always good when the interviewer is interested in the answers that they're finding out for themselves. And they're like, yeah. oh, really? I didn't even know about that. So there's plenty of times where me and Paulie would be watching it going, yeah, yeah, I knew that. And then plenty of times we were watching it going, oh, wow, I didn't know that. And so it, everyone but also on both sides of the screen is sometimes and going, ask this, ask this. Why aren't you asking this? Why didn't you ask this? Um, and uh, and so you get to be that. You get to be the person who asks the question you wish someone else would ask. There's such anticipation for these guests as well because <laughs> – We've finally, we've finally got a great interview platform and it hasn't happened. And so there's all these people that everyone's been wondering about for years. And so when they do an episode, you think, gosh, I hope they do another one with that guy because there's another hour or two that we oh, could definitely touch so. on a few subjects with. So, I mean, they get a lot of requests for Dustin Latimer. Um, they said in the John Bellino one, they recently put out that um, the three most requested guests are Shima Latimer and you, John, and we just did you and Shima today. So that was at the powwow in Florida event that they were at. So, yeah, if we ever get a Latimer one, it'll possibly never even be good enough for the world, a la anything George Lucas did after the first three Star Wars. It was never good enough because it's like, mate, you peaked. Uh, or, you know, like the anticipation for, for the next thing is so high that you're not even going to – Satisfy everyone's taste, but everyone's still going to love it and say it's the greatest thing ever. <laughs> Mark mm-hmm. my words. The, when the, when, if and when a Latimer Jump Street podcast episode happens, it'll be the most watched television event of the year <laughs> in rollerblading. Uh, you, know, you know, they could put that out as a VOD. <laughs> they could yep. charge money for that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dude, day two, Blade Challenge. This is on your at Chris Puller Instagram from uh, late December last year. I'm on Facebook. If you if, if anyone likes to follow people on Facebook, I much prefer Facebook than Instagram as a platform. There you go. But um, Instagram does get a lot of traffic. And um, 2003, so Little Collins Street, Melbourne, the Death Rail. Yeah, Tell man. us about it. Yeah. The Death Rail is a famous spot in action sports in Melbourne rollerblading and Melbourne skateboarding and BMXing. I don't know if Scooter's ever got a hold of it before it was removed, but it's been renovated. The stairs aren't there anymore. The whole thing's been changed. But uh, we've had numerous street comp events there, so a lot of tricks have gone down. Um, What's the worst injury that's happened off the back of that thing? It's quite a high drop, eh? Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, there's a clip of Russ Campbell tweaking his knee or something coming off of a 
front new or alley unity or something in a street comp. But I think I can't think of anyone really like hospitalizing themselves, but I'm sure it's happened. It possibly happened and I just didn't know about it because I was too busy skating. Um, you know, I, I, it was uh, Eric Bailey's done stuff. Um, you know, Brad Watson has alley unity it. Jeremy Dowers as, as well. The best, I can tell you the best, my favorite trick. Yeah. Well, I think that is possibly well, one of the more significant ones is Reese Jackson did a fast slide down it, a frontside fast slide oh. in Roche's cooties or something. <laughs> and it was legit. He came off forwards, off the end at the bottom. No grab, but in a street comp. The guy's like 6'6", six, six, and he legitimately fastly the heck out of that. And everyone kind of remembers that in, in the era. It was well published in a couple of videos and, so, yeah, props to him. Hayden Watts done some stuff on it. I think he did like a, a back shifty on the out ledge next mm-hmm. to the rail and little wall tap. Yep. Gavin Drum did like a Ford porn and basketball shorts and old USDs and 540 out. <laughs> All the style. Um, um, but Brock Midgley fakey seven did like a boss, like really Whoa. good in a street comp. The street comp, one of the street comps was the SUSC, the Sammy's Ultimate Skate Challenge or Street Challenge which was uh, Sam Fogarty's street event that he held the day after the Aussie titles that took place at the shed in in Cranbourne, the old shed. And Blake Dennis came first that year. I believe Hayden Watt came second and Josh Clark came third, I think. And um, it was – there was some people – like Richard Taylor was in town, the late great English street skater Richard Taylor and park skater. So that guy – when he died of an, a skating-related injury, he bumped his head on a street pole. Oh. Well, like, you know, rollerblading from spot to spot. Or you know, it was really sad. And um, he was in his twenties, and they had this Richard Taylor Memorial Award for best trick at um, significant British events since his death. So he he was a friend of Sam's and came over. Um, it was there was some heads in town for the event at SUSC. So yeah, some stuff has gone down that spot, man. Houses. And what's then, that? what is it, like 16 steps? So, yeah, something like that, yeah. yeah. It's good, good length. Like, it's legit. You have to hold it. It's not too bad if you come off wrong because you haven't picked up a, you know, sort of 20 stair that will really shoot you into the ground. Good, <laughs> You know, it's it, so much could go down on it. It wasn't just a down run. You could gap it. You could hit the ledge and stuff. Um, and it's and like then, it's rail flat along the top as well, right? Yeah, it's flat. Um, and it's too wide to do a top side that isn't really top side. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, yeah, just a Chris Corvino, yeah. half cab fish brained it, I think. I think Corv half cab fish brained it, man. Wow. Definitely half cab top. So I'm pretty sure he half cab fished it and almost gets super held it and baked out. And he won the event that day. I'm pretty sure he won the SUSC. <laughs> <laughs> Wowzers. <laughs> So this particular trick you've got The day here. after his 21st birthday, too, I might Happy add. birthday. The day after his 21st birthday. You're yeah. soling. Soul grind so from the soling. first support strut back from the top of the stairs. So you're actually going along yeah. the, the flat rail we before the down. We were skating that day. I was there with, like, Tim Ward was there, Rad White, Ads, Cam, the Melton guys, Paul, probably Paul Papota. Um, Gold, Hayden Golder was on the set with his old cameras. He wasn't... Such a skilled photographer back then, and I dare say Liam got the better shot and um, and had a better angle. And Liam shooting it on film in high school, um, my buddy who's like this grom kid, probably didn't have a go at the rail that day, Yeah. but eventually went on to do it on another occasion. Everyone was like, yeah, Liam, that was sick. So it was a good spot for people to come up on, and I'd done some stuff on it before, but I'd, I had planned – in my mind, to do a solo along and down, and I knew that no one had done it, and no one's done it since. But um, on anything, like I asked a homie that, a couple of homies that are heavy in the BMX community and know their stuff. They're like my age; they know the history. Mm. And I said, "Has anyone done this on a BMX along and down?" And they're like, "Nah, man. <laughs> you got that. You can take that." Um, and so yeah, it was something that I planned, and I said, "Yep, yeah, we're going to do this at the spot," and. It took probably less than 10 tries. A couple of, I would do like solo and just jump straight off the top and land down at the bottom and just grab the wall and didn't stack it bad or anything. I did like a, a shifty disaster to fakie to the flat 
and I think I sketched out, but I was like, look, I'm not even trying this, guys. This isn't what we're here to do. I want to solo home town. And then um, it was when it comes to soloing something, a flat rail or like a, a ledge, you have to get the sweet spot and just stay still like a statue. Like you, you can't adjust much on a ledge as much as you can on a rail where you can mm. lean to the left and then lean to the right. Now, if you start fooling around, your soul slips off and you take it to the ribs or the thigh or something pretty quickly. Mm. Um, so there's a clip of it in a DVD that was released by Mick Bell of 180 Any Given Sunday fame. This guy was distributing my game at the time. Um, cool dude. Um, gave a lot back to the bladers um, off the T-shirts that he was selling. It was really cool. He supported awesome. a lot of things. And he made a video. It was a Battle My Crew video, essentially. Yeah. It wasn't a battle. It was a submit your section, and we're going to make a video. And my homie Rad had an edit. It was like all of the big names in Melbourne, and he chucked me and a couple of others in. It was like it was Tim Ward and Josh Clark and a whole bunch. He tried to get a clip of, of everyone in his crew, and my clip was along and down on the soul grind. came out fakey. I was watching it the other day, and I was like, damn, I definitely held that soul Stiff and still enough that I came off the end of the rail. I didn't like, I, I, yeah, I found the sweet spot and just held it. And you have to commit and just have good reflexes to just pop off and in the right direction if you decide that this isn't working out. And there's the the moment of reckoning over the kink as you're saying, all right, here we go. It's kind of like that spot on the roller coaster where, all right, here we go. Can I get now? <laughs> And, uh, and you just got to back yourself. And I did, and it worked. And then it was on film. Hayden Golder had like a pretty pixelated digital version that he shot on his old crappy camera at the time. But uh, this photo was the one, and it was uh, it was good to have, man. Like it, this, that memory, like that, yeah, that was a classic Melbourne street spot, and I was able to get it. I was able to put something on there that, no one can take away. Well and done. Do you guys ever get trouble skating that spot? What was it like in terms of um, – No, it a wasn't de- a bust. Like yeah. we, don't, we only ever skated it on the weekend really. Yeah. But it was in a highly corporate area. You know, it wasn't shops and stuff around there. Yeah. It was just offices. And so it was a pretty quiet district of the CBD. Nice one. So it was pretty safe. Oh, man, what a spot. The death. It was just called the death rail. And there was this other spot called the Death Ledge, and <laughs> it was it, they weren't death, death. It wasn't like that dangerous or anything, yeah. but um, it was in the context of I. It's death if you fall over the other side, and so there was the Death Ledge was a bit more death. It was a higher drop. It was a larger down ledge, and that was on the other side. Yeah, yeah it was there was the Death around the Death Ledge. They weren't too far from each other. Classic Melbourne spots. Anything that was a drop, it was like I. It's got like a death drop. That's what we'd call it, a death drop on the other side. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got from the same day a um, this wall the ride. My Part goodness, two. that's quite so, a jump. You're coming along the little ledgy area and then off that into the. Talk us through please. this trick. All right. So the other, so over the summer, my friend Liam, now living in Denmark, yep. came to Melbourne to visit his family for Christmas. Visited his parents' basement or whatever to dig up some old stuff. Came over to my house day after Boxing Day or something with um, a bunch of photos and negatives, including the print of another trick that I did at the same session, which was gap to wall ride on the last little chunk of marble at the end of the window. I'll post this. I can post this photo up, yeah? You can. Well, I'm going to post you, it on post social it media yeah, and cool. you can share it if you want because it will have my blurb. Wicked. But yeah, no, yeah. do what you want. Uh, yeah, no, 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 no. let's do that. Yeah, so I mean, you... you span the world. This is a um, this is a good one. Yeah, one that I'm more p- just as proud of as the along and down. Um, this is good because it gives I you didn't a sense know that of I was scale, get it back, man. Yeah, I didn't know that this photo was still out there, um, but Liam brought it over, and I was like, dude, this lived on the wall at the skate shop I used to work at, and then when I finished up there, it kind of got went missing, and it was one of my favorite tricks I've ever done, and I skated as fast as I could, probably as fast as I could, as fast as I felt like I wanted to, and that was pretty fast. I did it in the SUSC comp and landed it, and then we did it on the other occasion when we went back, 
and the guys were like, you should do your wall ride so we get a photo. And I took a deep breath and I said, all right, yeah, yeah, that's cool because we can set it up. Yeah, all right, cool. Who's who's doing it? And Liam's like, yeah, man, I'll get my camera. I was like, oh, yeah. And then he took the sick shot. And it was even perfectly composed, but he had a good angle, but he took it at the bloody right moment. It was light leaks on the negative because it was, you know, it could have been, the negative could have been destroyed so easily. There's like a whole bunch of flare in the corner of the shot. Mm. And, uh, and, and it's sort of like, who cares? It's a photo. Like if it was a digital photo and someone had their thumb in the shot, <laughs> you'd be like, oh my God. Oh yeah. Good one. Dude. But it's sort of like nostalgia overrides things like a blemish on a photo like this. And it's kind of adds character to it <laughs> because it's the science behind the light hitting the negative. These things were different back then. You had a little film canister that floated around your backpack, and if there was a kink in it because you dunked your, your bag on the spot too hard, then you probably kinked the canister. Oh, dear. But let me tell you, landing that trick in the first place at the comp was uh, pretty cool for me. The, 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 the Aussie titles happened at the shed. The after party happened at the laundry nightclub in Fitzroy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I wound up dancing all night. With Tim Ward, whom I was very familiar with, but wasn't he's so quite well a good stater too. You personally. should think about inviting him onto your Coping Boss show as well sometime. Oh, mate, let me—he's he's at the top of the list, my you friend. You won't be able to get him. Wink, wink, and nudge. You won't be able to get him. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you don't know the buying power. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we partied all night, me and him. Um, I wasn't well personally acquainted with him before that, and I was super chopped to be like kicking it with him. I'm like, man, Tim Ward's just sick. Things have evolved. You you know, the scene's, the scene is what it is now and, and here you are. And then he's like, hey, well, do you want to come back to my house? Me and him drive back to his place in Melbourne and kick it all night and then drove to the street comp the next day and pretty much had zero sleep and was trying this trick. At least I tried it once. Disaster war ride, bang, landed, hit the wall, you know, got my feet on the wall got both feet on the ground and then went to my butt. <laughs> and I was like, fuck, that was pretty big. And the first and, – and, and there's everyone's just like, oh. The first thing I heard was Tim who was standing right next to where I'd stopped. And he's like, dude, that was sick. you got to try that again. Do it. You got that. And any voice of reason or calculation <laughs> uh, sort of wasn't important anymore. It doesn't matter if it is even possible or if you have got this – they could have just set up road spikes and you're still going to try this right now. Tim Ward just said, you got this, you should do it. And it's sick. So if that's Tim Ward told reasons. you to jump off a cliff. Would you do it? You know, uh-huh. yep. this is Australia's Latimer, you know, this is the guy. So, um, I tried it and two more tries and it was done. And so are you launching of in off the top again. of the set? Is that where you're launching from? Yeah, man. You think I'm going to think, who you think you're talking to here? Of course, man. Of course. I'm Get just, to war, right? I'm just getting it, just getting the full thing explained. That's all I'm doing. Yeah, I'm just asking definitely. the questions that need to be clarified so people understand. Yeah, and so how so. far, how far is that? Let gap? me tell you, that's, how far is that gap? You know, I wouldn't be, if I, if I'd rolled along that ledge and popped right. off the end of it, then I wouldn't be putting that up alongside some of the other stuff I've done. But yeah, this is a good one. How far is the it gap? It was a long right? gap, man. No one else is going to try that. And people talk about it as one of the tricks that went down that day that they remember from me because they'd never heard of me much. I was this dude with a shaved head and a singer in the wallet chain. And, um, and I was riding a pair of K2s, 250 cc's this. Yeah, I and, was about to ask, I was zeroing in to see what the skates were and going, are they look mm, like a soft boot skate there? Yeah, the I was riding for K2, but those yeah. guys weren't like some hot brands to be riding for, but they had some skates that were pretty cool by by my standards, I liked the 250cc. A lot of people still rate that as a really good skate. It was yeah. very unreplaceable on the parts. You couldn't replace mm-hmm. the soles. It sucked. But they had the best soles in the industry at the time with the um, fancy nylon plastic they were using at the time. Yeah. And uh, and so, like, yeah, I'd been riding. I'd been working the skate shop and riding for K2, but people didn't really know who I was. I wasn't one to be pushing myself out there. I wasn't entering in everything or showing up to all the cool things. Um, oh, but then I started to, and then, yeah, it was good times. It was a good time in my life yeah, of, um, when a lot of my heroes were starting to become my very close friends and I guess the community was evolving and uh, changing in shape, size and shape and, and chemistry. And, um, there were some cool things happening. You know, MSC was starting to become a thing, Melbourne Skate Crew. Um, you know, there's street comps. 
the Aussie titles and street comps were going hand in hand at the same time. It was like a big weekend. It was awesome. Good times, good stories. Good times. Let's talk tricks just super quick about about this. About uh, if you had to finish the sentence, the thing people need to understand about disaster tricks is what would you say? Uh, in so, well, that's a big sentence. Disaster uh-huh. tricks. Uh-huh. So, like anything. All right. Um, yeah. So, it's a wall ride, grind, or, or even even we can. Yeah. So, you know, on vert, it's, a disaster is when you like launch up and yep. then land on the coping on the way back down. Um, but a, a disaster yeah, trick, a gap to a grind. Yep. Um, I'm going to say your trajectory is of the utmost importance, and that is your aim. You, where you're aiming when you take off. So if you're skating in a straight line and then you take off, you're going to keep going in the line. That you, ta- you know, no matter where you, the way you jump to like angle yourself into the trick, if you like, you know, a back shifty on a long ledge along the ground, you can come in at a bit of an angle and like lean into it. You know, you, you hit it with your butt into it, like <laughs> lean, lean forward, lean forward on it. In a disaster situation. No, you want to land on it, not against it. That way, if you miss, you're still on it. Or you know, that means that yeah. that means you you don't have to hit it and lock on. You land on it. You land in the lock. If you're coming at it at an angle and you miss, you're going to sail in the wrong direction over the rail or ledge <laughs> oh, or whatever it is yeah. you're yeah. landing on. Um, locking your thing, like locking your feet, is man. I got a, I got rods in my wrist from a disaster, <laughs> a disaster that went south. Um, Disaster to topsoil on a rail in New York at a street comp a couple of years ago where um, the rail, it was a down rail and it had like a little flat part at the top and the bottom of the rail. Each flat part was like a fraction longer than a hand, wider than a hand span. And there was a really crusty run up. The ground was completely deteriorated in front of, at the, at the top of the rail and they'd put a giant wooden piece of ply. Yeah. And so we were hitting the ply and then doing the down rail. And it was a hot session and everything had gone down and everyone was, had had a good time. I'd, I'd done some tricks and scored some frames in the process. I got frames for doing, being the first to do a topsole on it. And then <laughs> I got rods in my wrist for being the last to try a topsole on it because I was like, all right, I'm going to try to gap over the over the board. This is a trick that I've got on lock at my home park at Paran. Um, disaster topsole on the big stair set, which is only a 10 stair. Um, but the, the ledge is a bit bigger than a 10 stair if you do it from the start because it starts higher and further back than the top of the stairs. So if you do it from before the stairs, it's high. And I would I would set up a tin can on the ground, whatever trash is lying around, and gap over that to the top. So it would be as if, like, you know, some people would be like, oh, you can't skate, there's blind bumps. You could put three rows of blind bumps in there and I'll be gapping over those to the top sole. You know, it would be it was a significant gap. So then I was like, all right, this is something you've got on lock in Melbourne. You're not playing with something you don't know how to play with here. And so I tried it and I came I locked the clip the clips online. I locked my feet in top sole on the flat part. Mm. The moment before the down. Like it's literally one and a half inches, not two inches, but more than one inch, um, short of locking on the down. And so subsequently, I hit. So I hit the flat, and then my trajectory. I'm going so fast that I sail forward, and my foot is now above the rail, locking and sliding down. And now I'm in the air, and and so you're sailing with such trajectory that it's a bit more than if you miss your top sole and you just instantly are turning backwards and you grab the rail with your. Um, backhand, but uh, because I was flying through the air a bit higher than normal, I missed the rail, and so all my mates are like, "Oh, there's the spot where you should have grabbed. Oh, there's the spot where you landed on the ground with the thud." Yep. And so yeah, I had a previously broken wrist with some hardware in it, and this impact bent the hardware that was in it. So, <laughs> oh man, my wrist, my wrist was pretty wonky. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, travel insurance is a good thing. Travel yeah. insurance got me a free ambulance ride and taken care of in the. A hotel of some hospital description in New York City, and uh, yeah, 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 this episode is very, brought to you by. Yeah. <laughs> I got um, like a splint made by one of the homies there with uh, some sticks and an old T-shirt. Uh, um, I was very lucky; they were really lovely guys at the New York event. Yeah, wow. The things people need to understand about wall rides is ah, uh, okay. Um, you, uh, all right, well. 
You got to. This, be this doesn't need to be a how-to. It could also be like a style reasonably. comment, whatever you want to take it, whatever direction you want to take it. Oh, okay. Well, damn. You got options when you got to when you do a wall ride. You can do a one-footed wall ride or another footed wall ride. You do the fish style. You can grab your feet before or during or after. You can do a mute to wall ride, or you can do a mute all on the wall ride, or you can hit the wall and then pop off and grab out of it. Everyone loves a wall ride to fakie. If you do a wall ride and come out forwards. You hit the thing and you're just dropping. It's not a, it's not a flowing movement like when you hit the wall and continue to spin. You, that way you're bouncing off it, it and the bounce off it feels cool. And you got to come at the wall with a little bit of angle. See what I said about the disaster. That was what was tricky about this disaster wall ride is, I wanted to hit it with a tiny bit of angle because I wanted to bounce off a tiny mm. bit. But if I got it wrong, I was going to sail into this corner of the wall on like just after the wall ride I was tapping. So yeah, that was carefully calculated. That was a case of don't go at the wall, just extend your legs out a little bit at the point that you want to pass. But um, everyone likes to do a wall ride though. You know, do if you can get two feet on there, do. And if you can, roll against it. A wall tap is one thing, but when you can roll on the wall, like roll on it, not just hit it. It's and a good that, time. That's one of the oldest cool, one of the oldest tricks, man. Like when aggressive wasn't really aggressive yet, but was just yeah, man. Because jumping down three stairs was cool, and then it was like, oh, well, there's a wall next. So I'm going to tap that too. Like skateboarders have always done wallies and stuff. Yeah. I envy what skateboarders can do, and I envy what some rollerbladers are able to do when they are bouncing off the front of an obstacle. Um, a wally is sick, but yeah, wall rides are fun because of the axis that you shift. It's about, it's a change in balance. Mm. That's why when you're a little kid and there's a trampoline there and someone put a wall next to it, you're going to try to jump off that wall because it feels cool to get sideways, almost as cool as it feels to get upside down. Going sideways and upside down, finding angles with your body is a thrill. And when you can find an angle and bring it back to a safe angle, you just went on a you just went on a theme park ride. Yeah. You know, you just went you know, that's sort of going over a launch app. It's like doing a big flat spin in the air or whatever. I can't even do that. I don't even go upside down anymore. I never tried except for that one time and I don't anymore. Yeah. And um like but yeah, war rides are sick. Like finding an angle at a park, like launching up to war, to ride on anything that's inverted or on an uh, almost vert, it's sick. Yeah. Do a war ride. But you gotta have strength in your legs, man. You gotta be able to jump. And tuck your legs and then press and then tuck your legs back in and get ready to land. And you got to hold after the war. Like, you got to be able to handle your, your leg muscles because it's going to be put through its paces in just that one trick. But yeah, good times, war rides. Rate them, love them. War rides are sick. Yeah, I'll never stop. <laughs> war rides are sick. Man, I think we've got a good war rides episode. Are sick. Yeah. What's that? I think we've got a good episode. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. War rides are sick. That's thought for the day. That's Take the... that into your weekend. War rides are sick. <laughs> Go and do a wall ride this wall ride this weekend. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> slides are fun, and wall rides are a form of slides. You yeah. know, sliding down things, rolling down things, but, like, being able to cheat gravity and stall up on something when you're like, I should be dropping, but I had enough power to launch me up, and now I've got the friction on the wall that I can stay riding for a little bit. I mean, one of the greatest tricks anyone ever talks about is Shima's wall ride at Montreal, which is at the Olympic Stadium, and he hits a picnic bench on one balcony of the arena, rides across the outside of the stadium and lands on this giant awning that's like two stories high. So, I'll, like, risking life and limb for the thrill, riding this giant wave, and it's – it this you know, the image itself is amazing. The feeling would have been rad. The – the creativity uh, adapting like a person on wheels to architecture, that was possibly the ultimate, you know? And it was, it was one of the things that made it the ultimate is because you get this childish thrill. Like people look at it and don't say, Oh, look at him. He's in the air. No, he's riding something that you need to cheat gravity in order to do just like the loop. And which has always been, you know, a penultimate in action sports to be able to do. It's made it's been difficult for even the most accomplished on blades, bikes, and boards to do the loop. And it's that the idea of having your wheels riding on something that they shouldn't be able to stay on. Just like Spider Man, man. Like that guy, it's like, oh wow, he's climbing up a building. When you're rolling on the side of a building, 
you're Spider-Man, you're a superhero in your, in your own moment, and it's sick. Yeah. The idea will never stop being something that is, like, something of our dreams, like, we imagine about. Like, people have those dreams where you're, like, spinning off a grind and you're doing a 540 that turned into a 900. You know what? I'm going to 1080 off this shifty right now. And then you wake up and you realize you're in your bed. <laughs> but um, those sort of things, those anti-gravity, um, you know, theories and ideas, that's where – you want to be if you can be the video game character and ride the wall that you shouldn't be able to ride. That's the shit. Yeah, that's the, yeah. So there you go. That's my thoughts. They're great thoughts, oh, man. man. Yeah, I'm going to take them to the weekend. I'll um, tidy this up and post it up online and uh, link across. And you'll, if it's not there already, you'll put up this um, this other this wall ride image. If it's yeah, not, man, yeah. I'll do it today. Wicked. Oh, man, it's nice to hang out with you. It's a shame it's not in yeah, person, man. but gosh, it was good to be able to do that too. Um, back a few months ago now, seems like a lifetime ago, but uh, yeah. Always a pleasure, yeah, man. Time will be on your uh, terrain Images and maybe to so. tell the stories, whatever. Yeah, cool. Yeah. The images, bloody eight, 17 years ago, so what's <laughs> another couple of months? Yeah. <laughs> Take care, Chris. Talk soon. Cheers, man. All right, you know what? I will say one other thing. Yep. Since we're on the subject of the Blade Challenge, I did my – um, I did, I did some – tracking down of who I nominated and who they nominated and who didn't nominate and who didn't come through or who did come through with pictures. So I'm nominating 10 people, one every day, and see where we go. Now, I can tell you what happened, mm. but I can, I can tell you right now or I can tell you next time. Oh, let's do it now. Yeah, I'm here. You're here. Let's do it. All right. So I, I wrote it all down and then I lost the piece of paper, but I can tell you what some of the things that happened. And one of them, the most significant, was I nominated Danny Hawkins and then who he nominated was integral as to how far it went. Um, so I got it from Nick Petropoulos and nominated a few. Reese Bell pledged to get involved but didn't. Justin Buchanan came through with a bunch of stuff and some story, insightful stuff as a, as a singular post, which is f- absolutely phenomenal, and everyone was super stoked, and that was amazing. Yep. And that is exactly what I got involved in it for, to get some of the heroes that I wanted to hear from so I didn't just nominate 10 homies. I nominated people that I'm acquainted with that I thought might come through. Matt Salerno didn't. I spoke to him on the phone for three night, uh, three hours last night, man, yeah. at least, possibly four. And because he, he texted me back the other day after pocket dialing him, and I'm like, yo, dude, what's up? Mm-hmm. And he's like, yo, oh, sorry, I accidentally called you, but I owe you photos. Hey, I'll give you a call. So he's going to come through. Oh, now, wow. let me tell you other stuff. He's, so he's going to come through. Reese didn't. Um, who uh, so Danny nominate, nominated people that nominated other people that someone nominated da- James Williams and then he nominated Dave Collash and Dave Collash came through hard dude. If anyone wants to go on Dave Collash's Facebook page, scroll back to earlier in the year, he didn't put one pick up every day. He put up like 15 picks every day and a whole bunch of information. This is the guy that was, that, that's attributed with the Shifty Royale, it's a hard trick line. The guy that was there at the beginning and during and after. Knee pads sticking and, through massive pants. Oh, my God. Yeah. So many so many legendary things that guy's first, said First switch-ups, massive long rails. And he's still involved in social media on such a humble scale. And the fact that he hasn't been, ho- like, hosted on more podcasts and these Instagram live chats and stuff, I think is a uh, it, it's something that we could improve on. Um, uh, yeah, no, we're going to do that. Uh, <laughs> so George Sarantulia sent it to to French Canada and to to Greece. It went it went to France via someone. Um, it it went a long way. Paulie Huck started but didn't come through. That's right, Paulie. I'm watching. Seb Betts didn't finish, but he started. But some yeah, see, someone sent it to Perth, and then all of the dudes in Perth did it. So it was. It was. I was pretty stoked on how it worked out, and I was going to do a little celebratory post to to throw back to what I did, which was start the ball rolling. Because I've got a lot of people saying thanks for doing that. You did a good job, but the best thing that came out of it for me was my mate Jezza, who got nominated by Danny again. Killed it. Danny killed it. Um, Jezza did this awesome post, and it was his last post in his ten day challenge. And he posted like 15 group photos of him and a whole bunch of skaters at a skate park or at a hotel or at a after party or whatever. And he said, what's the hardest thing about rollerblading? 
knowing so many awesome people all over the world and not getting to hang out with them as much as you want to. And just, just went into like all of the stuff he's able to have experienced and achieved and the people that he's gotten to meet through everything that is rollerblading and absolutely nailed it, man. I was like, this is it. This is, that is the best thing about rollerblading. And that is so many cool people that you don't even get to keep up with them all. And that's a cool thing. <laughs> so yeah, props to Jezza. And I'm going to forward his Facebook post this week, just as a thanks for getting involved and putting your heart out there. Cause he was my, possibly my favorite because he wasn't someone that everyone knows has done a whole bunch of rad stuff, but anyone that knows him knows that he's done a whole bunch of rad stuff. Um, and he t- explained every photo in uh, such an articulate way that it felt like it was him speaking with the excited voice. And I texted him straight away after his first person, like, dude, this is sick. I just read that in your voice and you kill. And he's like, you, you know, it, bro, like that's exactly how I felt. Like when I was reading your ones, Chris, it was, you, it was well explained. And, and I, I felt like I was there and I was like, dude, you, you nailed it. So I encourage everyone to check out Jeremy Dalbus's 10 day blade challenge. It's a really humble and totally impressive collection of photos and stories and, and memories and vibes. And that's what it's all about. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, that's awesome. to put a bit of context into, yeah. Why are you calling me about this? Yeah, man, that's great. Well done. It was a good challenge. It was a good challenge. Some of these photos of Dave Colash's thing are hilarious, man. Oh dude, oh, I'm telling teeny, you, it was tiny so Tom cool. Fry. Go James for doing that. <laughs> Go James for like keeping up with this man and still holding him relevant and celebrating him and go Dave for just coming through and, and accepting his um, opportunity to be celebrated. Like it's so sick. That man did a front so, side a the way it's meant to be done. Came out. And Big, all started because Nick Bloody Petropolis from Melbourne OG. Yeah. OG Royal Betting started it. So props. Well he's, he you know, he nominated me. It came it seemed to come from the UK this whole challenge. Yeah. It was pretty big over there. Yeah. yeah. We're never going to stop, man. So I'm calling it. It's done. We'll All talk right. again soon. Catch up. Peace out. Thanks for listening, everyone. I hope the volume worked. <laughs> yeah, see ya. Bye. Mad Beef Rollerblading Podcast is produced by Mikey Lynch. Theme music by Edifice Architect. You can subscribe to us on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Stitcher and get in touch with us on our Facebook page. Mad Beef is supported by Skater HQ. You can find them online at skaterhq.com.au. We are also supported by our growing number of Patreon patrons. To support the podcast, find us on Patreon. Even just $2 a month, every little bit helps.